welcome back to the Panther City Partners podcast. I'm Leanne Finley-Maxwell, and today I'm so excited to have Emily McDermott here with us. She is a friend of mine, and she has and her family have gone through some pretty interesting life transitions recently, and so I had her on to chat with us. So hi, Emily. How hi, are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me, yeah, Leanne. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. <laughs> <laughs> so the biggest life transition that I have seen is that you guys moved to a different country for a few years. And I wondered if you could just talk a little bit about what was the impetus for that? What made y'all decide, hey, let's get out of here for a little bit? And where did you go? And what kind of challenges did y'all face while you were there? Well, um, my husband and I both grew up in Fort Worth. So Yay. Fort Worth, born and bred. Awesome. And I think, I, well, I left for college for a few mm-hmm. years and then came back um, Tim never left. And then it got to a point, our daughter Molly was mm-hmm. like three and we kind of, you know, we talked about it and we were like, we've been here for so long. Mm-hmm. It would be really good to open up, you know, some new doors. And why don't we try to see how we can move to a different country? Yeah. Um, kind of like a big bucket list thing for right. us to, to do. And, uh, it just kind of came down to like, where are we going to go? What mm-hmm. are we going to do when we get there? How right. are we going to pay for it? You know, all these kind of the logistical issues yeah. that you encounter. And Tim started applying for master's programs okay. um, overseas. And he has his European citizenship through Ireland. That's so right. That definitely opened a lot of doors okay. for us. That wouldn't have happened otherwise. Oh, I think. okay. That's I interesting. Think it's definitely possible to go over there, mm-hmm. but more so like if you have a job lined up right. or, you know, something like that. So not only did he have that, it also provided us an opportunity for him to get his master's education for almost free. Oh, wow. It was like next to nothing, That's especially awesome. compared to here. Mm-hmm. So just kind of one of those opportunities that we couldn't pass up. Yeah. And honestly, it was a flip of the coin. Okay. So what were the two <laughs> options? It was Edinburgh, Scotland. Okay. Or Berlin, Germany. Okay. And yeah, we were up in our bedroom one night and we were like, okay, where's it going to be? And we couldn't decide. And so something that happens in our lives a lot is Mm -hmm. get a coin. Let's Mm -hmm. flip it. And Mm -hmm. we flipped it and it landed on Berlin. And about six months later, we were there. there. We moved. Wow. (laughs) Okay. That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. And it was just like Molly was still young enough Mm -hmm. to where she could, she wasn't in school. She hadn't like had this huge group of friends that we were going to take her away from. She was still, you know, able to learn a new language Mm -hmm. and things like that. So Mm -hmm. that was made it a lot easier, too. I think had we had older children, it would have been a a little bit more difficult. difficult. Yeah. So then so y'all made this decision to move to Berlin so Mm -hmm. that Tim could work on his master's degree. Mm -hmm. So then what did you do while you were there? So I work for a travel tourism company inbound to Texas called Texas Holiday Travel. And so we bring a lot of European clientele into Texas. And a lot of what I do is from home. We Mm -hmm. don't have an office, so Mm -hmm. I could work kind of wherever I needed to and be with Molly until we found her uh, kindergarten spot over there and things like that. So Mm And then while we were over there, Tim worked as an English teacher and he worked as a barista for a little while, (laughs) you know, kind of this and that, just kind of making ends meet. And we were able to rent out our house here in Fort Worth while Mm -hmm. we were over there. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of took care Mm -hmm. of So being open to those different kinds of odd jobs, if you will, that that you're willing to just kind of take anything to help pay the bills, knowing that those experiences are going to have 
I mean, I bet he learned a lot from those different things, even though he was, that wasn't necessarily his goal to be a barista, but learn, <laughs> but being a barista in Berlin, probably he learned a lot about Germany, but Culture. also about himself. Yes. And, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. There was like a Romanian janitor who worked at the, at the a coffee shop it was called Peaberries, who mm-hmm. worked at Peaberries and Tim loves languages. Mm-hmm. He's very, um, he just picks them up really easily. Yeah. And so he learned some phrase, you oh, know, in Romanian so cool. and got to know mm-hmm. this guy. Mm-hmm. And learning the language, being immersed in it mm-hmm. is like the only way. I went to classes because I tend to learn yeah. better with like mm-hmm. books. But Tim just kind of absorbs it like mm-hmm. a sponge. And so mm-hmm. working in a coffee shop, it was like the best way for him to yeah. learn lots of colloquialisms right. and Luckily, Berlin is a super multicultural city. Right. So a lot of times it was like Italian people coming in and ordering and <laughs> figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times English came in really handy in yeah, those situations. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> so that's nice. I mean, since it is such a multi- multicultural city that um, you didn't go there and maybe feel quite as isolated as if it had been an, just a German town. But did you still feel that some? Oh, my gosh. Yes. All the time. Yeah. You know, I think for this Texas girl going over, you know, super, super uh, we we were more higher than London. Oh, so you were so far. We were north. so oh, far yeah. north that like there was constant cloud cover. It was always gray. It was very cold, but not like snowy mm-hmm. Colorado mountains mm-hmm. cold. It was mm-hmm. like just like freezing, frigid yeah. wind cold. So for me, that was a really really hard thing. Yeah. You know, not having sunshine in my life. <laughs> we like our sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So that was that was one of the biggest obstacles for me personally. Mm-hmm. It was just like learning to get out in it, like get outside. So, so what were some of the coping mechanisms you used then or strategies that you figured out? You know, I started a blog. I wrote all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. I constantly wrote. I read mm-hmm. all like almost all of Stephen King's books. Okay. Just like just reading for fun, <laughs> yeah. not necessarily reading. Okay. Yeah, not necessarily. Just like reading. I I am a reader in yeah. anyways, but I just picked up, started picking up book after book and just mm-hmm. like reading and reading. Mm-hmm. And I would read on the subway and mm-hmm. read at the park and mm-hmm. um, listening to podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, it was it, finding friends and friends that were not only like my friends, but mm-hmm. we were able to find friends that Molly got along with and we got along with their parents. Oh, that's nice. Uh-huh. And so that's been, you know, that was definitely a high point for us is mm-hmm. like having friends over. And I always mm-hmm. did a Thanksgiving. I would host oh, an American yeah. Thanksgiving every yeah. year and we would like live stream the Macy's parade oh, and so stuff fun. like that. So. so you were able to, even though you were immersed in this new culture, you were still able to keep some of your own culture and share that with Molly, but then also with your new friends from yeah, Germany. Absolutely. And you know, like I said, it's multicultural. Mm-hmm. Our friends, we had like one German friend. Oh, we wow. had an Australian, a Scotsman, and another American, mm-hmm. um, a Maldivian, uh, <laughs> like wow. yeah, all over the world. Mm-hmm. So that was a treat to, for to learn about their cultures mm-hmm. as well as share our own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? You said earlier that you were just some Texas girl who's <laughs> trying to broaden her horizons. What are some things that you feel like you learned that over there that you probably wouldn't have been able to learn here? Even though you are, I mean, you put yourself out there quite a bit, even here. I am. I'm a very well-traveled person. Mm-hmm. I'm very lucky in that way. So I've definitely seen a lot of the world, mm-hmm. but I think there's a big difference between traveling and visiting a place for sure and traveling and living in a place. Mm-hmm. Um, things that I learned, man, how small we are. 
Mm. Not in like a negative way, right. but like how sometimes you, especially in a town that you grew up in and you know everything, you know your way around. It's like, you know, putting on an old sweater. It's comfortable. And a lot of times it's hard for me to step out of that comfort zone. Sure. But being in Berlin really forced me to like, I mean, making new friends at like 30, 32 is hard. really a challenge. <laughs> it's very hard. You have to put yourself out there, go mm -hmm. on friend dates, you know, mm -hmm. see if you get along and mm -hmm. invite people over. And really, it's like I, I watching Molly doing all of these things when she was like three and how fearless she was in it mm -hmm. gave me such like um, resilience in like the times it didn't work out right. or like this friend date. Yeah, that's just not we didn't click or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, that's OK. We mm -hmm. tried. Yeah. And that's what's important. Right. That you're still putting yourself out there. Yeah. That's so cool that you're able to learn so much from Molly. I mean, she was only three when y'all went. <laughs> And you learned a lot from her. I learned so much from that girl. I mean, it was six months before she got a kindergarten spot, mm -hmm. um, which was hard. So I just mm -hmm. kind of hung out with her. We did a lot of museums. Yeah. They have a Legoland there. So we went to oh, Legoland a lot. A lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, found the movie theater mm -hmm. and went to go see English movies mm -hmm. and things like that. But then once she started kindergarten, that kind of provided me an opportunity to branch out my own and, right. you know, have my own day. Right. <laughs> so you touched on this briefly of like going on those friend dates to try to feel each other out. And then sometimes it didn't work out. How did you handle those setbacks? I mean, I know you're resilient, but I mean, that resilience is important, but that doesn't mean there's also not oh, some difficulty my gosh, in that. Of course. It's like, what's wrong with me? Why am I like, am I a total weirdo? Like, you know, <laughs> when you start saying, you know, a funny joke or I I love serial killers. You know, it's like once you start mentioning like, oh, I listen to crime podcasts all the time. You're like, oh. I wonder <laughs> you're gauging their reaction. Right. Are they going to like it? Are they not? Right. Anytime I burst into a musical number, are people going to be like, who is this weirdo? <laughs> you know, it's uh, but when it doesn't work out, it kind of, of course, it stings. You know, it's like, oh, man. But it's always like, the next big thing like okay right. what's the next moment going to be mm -hmm. who's the next person mm -hmm. or just calling up an old friend mm -hmm. and reminding yourself mm -hmm. you know your worthiness and right. your value and you're funny and yeah. things like that so even though you were over there I'm sure you depended and leaned on your friends and family back here quite a bit talk Absolutely. about that a little bit I mean I'm really bad on the phone I'm not great at like yeah. putting myself like reaching out when mm -hmm. I need it so I have a really good set of friends who mm -hmm. would always like text, hey, mm. how's your week starting? Or, you know, my mom was yeah. always sending care packages and mm -hmm. uh, taco seasoning, like McCormick's ta taco seasoning. <laughs> things when you leave Texas. <laughs> Salsa exactly. and taco stuff. <laughs> because over there, it's like old El Paso. That's like the only thing mm. you can get, which is not, not cut. I mean, it. you'll take what you can get. Right. But. <laughs> yeah. Beggars can't be choosers. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, my mom was, a you know, over all the time and Tim's parents would come over anytime they got an opportunity. Right. And um, of course, a year after we had moved there, I got pregnant. And right. so once I was pregnant, it was like a whole new set of challenges and obstacles <laughs> to overcome. 
<laughs> so what are some of those then? Finding a midwife, finding yeah. a doctor, finding, you, you can't know, just go to the person who delivered yeah, Molly. Yeah, you can't just go like, back hey. to the, exactly. It's like, it's get taking that comfortable sweater off mm-hmm. and being like, okay, and I have hypothyroid, so I have to get my blood taken all the time and, you know, learning all these different words, medical terms in right. a different language and um, getting prescriptions refilled, mm-hmm. going to the um, uh, apotheque is what it's called, pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm going to the pharmacy so and things here that would be just really mundane run of the mill <laughs> like hey whatever i'm going to the pharmacy over there it becomes like an adventure yeah for sure especially in the beginning mm-hmm. it was definitely not something that you're used to doing or experiencing you know someone asking you in german you know so do you understand how to take all of your medications mm-hmm. it's like I'm not sure of any of those words, really. <laughs> right, not, Do you speak English? <laughs> I'm not sure I understand you, much yeah. less what, you just, what said. you just said at all. Right. So, you know, but once I found like, and over there, everyone has a midwife as your right. your, your primary your primary physician mm-hmm. when you're pregnant as a midwife. And you have six weeks of postpartum care and things like that, which are tremendous. Yes. You, you know, someone coming to your home and checking your baby. And we didn't have to take her in for her first pediatrician appointment until she was two weeks because they do all the first preliminary visits Mm -hmm. at home. Mm -hmm. And so things like that, that definitely were a perk to Mm -hmm. um, having a baby in in a European country. Yeah, (laughs) that's nice. So you can see that some of the advantages there. Because so how did it compare with Molly's birth here? Um, Because you had a midwife with her here. I didn't. I I did have an OB, but I I had her um, in the water at Harris downtown. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think first baby, second baby, I was a lot considering I didn't have any complications with Molly. I wasn't really worried about it. So Mm -hmm. I went to a birth house uh, or a birthing, birthing center. center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Geburt's house in German birth house. It's how it translates. Yeah. Um, so I went there and kind of interviewed her mm-hmm. and gauged if, you know, if we could speak, if we could communicate right. well enough, well you know, enough to... her English was good enough and my German was good enough. Mm-hmm. And it was. Oh, and good. We clicked and uh, she was great. Her name was Geisha and I'll never forget her. She mm-hmm. was also a midwife in Papua New Guinea for a while. And oh, wow. yeah, she could speak Arabic and she spoke German and English and some tribal language that they speak in Papua New Guinea. Oh my gosh. And, yeah. Amazing. So that was such a cool experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm such a birth like pregnancy all of I love all of that stuff mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. so that was just such a treat to be able to kind of get that sort of care that I had like envisioned my right. whole life right very cool <laughs> that you probably were not going to get here even no. if you had chosen to go with a midwife here it would for still sure. be different it yeah be very for different. sure yeah. for sure yeah and it was funny because then when I went into labor she wasn't on call that week oh no and so I ended up with a completely different midwife and a student midwife mm-hmm. and Three women actually ended up going into labor that night at the birthing center. So that happened to me. It it was very busy in there and it's only two rooms. Mm -hmm. So, you know, at certain points we had to like move around, transition. Mm -hmm. We walked over to the grocery store because I was still laboring and just Mm -hmm. like trying to get things moving. And then we got a call that another woman had shown up and they needed the key back and it was freezing. And I had my it was just like this whole thing. And. It was, yeah, it was so cold. Yeah. It was, I remember being so frigid and And just like in my big winter coat. And Maeve was born in March. March, yeah, Yeah. March 18th. (laughs) So just a few of the things you've described there could be something that, I mean, so overwhelming that some people could shut down. You know what I mean? What do you feel like it is about you or your personality or maybe your support system 
that has enabled you to kind of look at those big life events and even dealing with the struggles of them and just be like, okay, we can do this. Tim definitely helps me so much Mm -hmm. in just like being courageous and doing Mm -hmm. brave things and things that I find like petrifying. Yeah. Getting a job at a coffee shop in Germany. (laughs) Yeah. Terrifies me. (laughs) And he took it on like a champ and just Mm -hmm. did it. And Mm -hmm. it's like that sort of ability that he has to just like do something Mm -hmm. is amazing. And so it's sometimes it's just that person who can say, Mm -hmm. hey, you don't have to do this alone. I'm here with you. Right. We can do it together. Right. It's it's a really, I need that reminder that like, mm-hmm. I'm not doing this alone. We're in this together. Like, let's hold hands and let's walk through the frigid temperature together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So definitely support structure and just being, I don't know what it, you ask what it is about me. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's something that we all have inside of us. Mm-hmm. It's just, like being in the right circumstance to have it come out yeah. and have the opportunity to let it like shine. Sure. Because like you said earlier, if you had stayed here and you'd stayed with that comfortable sweater of mm. Fort Worth on the whole time, you wouldn't have even had the opportunity maybe no. to have to to have that come out of you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't have had the opportunity to like reach my full potential, mm-hmm. you know, and and see that I can do hard things mm-hmm. and that hard things don't have to be an impossibility, right? That hard things are possible and and you can overcome them and not only overcome them, but embrace them, mm-hmm. embrace those challenges. Don't look at them like a challenge. Look at them as an opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so cliche. And so like, you know, everything you read in every Brene Brown book ever, yes. but, it, it's, but true. it's true. That's why she writes <laughs> That's about why she, it. She's a scientist. She has right. her PhD. <laughs> well, I would have to say your optimism too, because in the time that I've known you, I've very rarely seen you without a smile on your face. <laughs> I, I mean, save it for the I save it for the attic and just like weeping well, uncontrollably. Sure, sure. <laughs> we all do. We yeah. all have to have our moments, of course. <laughs> but that has to help a lot just to have that. Optimism. I, I definitely am. Um, I people have called me optimistic before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I wouldn't say it defines me, right. but it's definitely a huge part of my character. And mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't look at things in the negative. I've done mm-hmm. it before, mm-hmm. you know, I've done it and it doesn't work. Right. So I, I, I challenge myself every day mm-hmm. and some days I don't, some mm-hmm. days I'm like, you know what, this is a crappy day and it's yeah. going to stay crappy and I'm not going to be able to put on my sunshine hat today. Right. And then other days it's like, okay, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, this doesn't have to ruin my day. Right. I can I can let this push me forward and be better. I wonder if sometimes if you let yourself sometimes feel the crappy day, if that can make the happy days even happier. I totally agree. I think that letting yourself feel those feelings, I think for so long, we've all just been trying to like, you know, suppress Mm -hmm. these emotions, like the big stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. grief and pain, Mm -hmm. sorrow. Those things are hard and we don't want to feel them. Right. But it's like if once we can embrace that and say like, you know, I can be sorrowful, I can Mm -hmm. grieve Mm -hmm. and then I can move on. Right. That's the challenge. It's letting yourself feeling those Mm -hmm. feelings and then move forward. Right. And how important is that for you to 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 show that so that you're not just telling Molly and Maeve those kinds of things, but you're showing them that, hey, mama's doing this, too, Mm -hmm. because I'm sure that Molly had some tough times when y'all first moved over to Germany, even though she was pretty little. It's still it's still a challenge. She was used to being around grandparents and friends. Absolutely. And y'all just took her away from that, probably 
I'm thinking in as her a mind, three-year-old yeah. in her mind, you'll just took her away from all Absolutely. these loving people. Well, in, in our neighborhood, I mean, mm-hmm. Finley and, mm-hmm. you know, leaving Max and Vivian across mm-hmm. the street, having mm-hmm. this little community where she could just run over and knock on your door right. and say, hey, can I come in and play? Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. once you move somewhere new and you don't know anyone, yeah. you know. You can't just send her across the hall. Exactly. <laughs> it's like we were, that definitely wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. So it, but it also, since we were, we were also in an apartment mm-hmm. and, and there were no other kids in our apartment so but we had this great park right across the street oh nice so anytime we didn't know what to do it was like let's just lit up let's go over to the park Mm -hmm. and seeing at at first of course molly was like well i can't speak the language i I don't know how Mm -hmm. and molly's molly was a very verbal child like at three she was already talking Talking. like that was yes that Mm -hmm. was her thing it wasn't like let's go run a ladder you Mm -hmm. know and skip and whatever right Right. so that was a challenge for her Mm -hmm. was like you know learning that if you can go play with a kid who doesn't speak your language, you guys are going to get along no problem. The minute you try and have a conversation, it's not going to work out as well. (laughs) (laughs) So, but watching that, that courage build in her Mm -hmm. and seeing that translate into her now as like Mm -hmm. a six-year-old is Mm -hmm. so great. And Mm -hmm. it's been a treat to get to watch her find that strength, you know, and be a, be brave. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's a hard thing to do when you're that little. If you're not, again, when you're when you're in your comfort zone yeah. and you're not expected to be brave. Exactly. Exactly. How did you help her work through some of her emotions? Lots of hugs. <laughs> lots of hugs. Lots of her favorite thing in the world is to watch movies. So okay. we would try and find, you know, a, a, <laughs> a kid's movie. I laugh because... So in Germany, you can't just like go to any kids' movies. They rate oh. them like you can take your kids one through six years old to oh. see this movie. Oh, interesting. Or you can be three and under to see this movie. And I remember one of the first, maybe with first like three or four weeks we were there, mm-hmm. we went to go see the movie Pete's Dragon. Yeah. And we get there with Molly, who's, you know, three at the mm-hmm. time. And we show up and they're like, oh, no, she can't come see this. This is for six-year-olds. Wow. And we were like, what? You know, this is crazy. And eventually we left and then we came back like 20 minutes later and we just told Molly to say she was six. Um, Don't teach your kids to lie, folks, but only when it's an unjust rule. (laughs) Uh, Good advice. Thanks. (laughs) So, uh, you know, that was one of the things we're like, you know, you don't think about that Mm -mm. when you're here. Not at all. uh, As being an issue. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we saw it. Of course, she didn't have any trouble with it. It was a great movie. We had fun. That's funny. Finley um, had more trouble with it than Molly, probably. (laughs) (laughs) She did not like it. It was very sad in the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but she, you know, that was those sorts of things that you start to learn. You're mm-hmm. like, oh man, what? I can't take my kid to any movie. I better check the age limit on this one or, you know, yeah. things like that. That the, You just kind of learn the hard way. Yeah. So how did the, then y'all handle like, um, like renting movies to watch in your home? So <laughs> Germany... Because uh, we use like just Netflix yeah. and Amazon Prime all the time. So they have different like um, licensing agreements okay. with different okay. countries. So like the n- stuff that you could get on German Netflix, you mm-hmm. couldn't watch on American Netflix, right. um, depending on, you know, .com, .de. Right. Um, Germany has no Hulu, so you can't watch anything that's on Hulu. So Handmaid's Tale was off limits oh, no. for us until we came back to Texas, <laughs> which is very sad. Um, HBO is pretty hard to come by. Interesting. You have to this, it's called like a Sky prescri- uh, subscription um, in order to see anything that was HBO. 
So, and they have like very strict piracy oh, like yeah. laws. I, I can see that. They are mm-hmm. very, very strict about it. So mm-hmm. it's like that wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. We watched, we had DVDs, mm-hmm. you know, we mm-hmm. downloaded stuff onto a hard drive mm-hmm. and did what we could and yeah. at home. Yeah. But. I mean, I know it's kind of a sidetrack, but I would think that like in a transition, having those creature comforts to be able to, or, to watch yes. those at home would be really important. And then having to navigate that in a new place where the laws are so different and the, just the the so, social norms are so different that that could put a damper on your transition. Absolutely. But of course, it's like, you know, kids are so resilient. Yeah, yeah. resilient. Mm-hmm. And they can just like figure it so cheap you know, figured out, we saw all these characters. We're like, who is this character? It's this little fairy. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, it's called Mia and Me. Let's start watching Mia and Me because all mm-hmm. the other kids watch it. And we started watching it in German. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helped her learning the language sure. before she got into her kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And um, when she got there, she knew all the, like, all the, unicorns have different names and so she could relate to other kids on that oh, le- you know that's level very so, cool. oh, I know on or I know you know oh, so it gave her this oh, this whole vocabulary to speak with the kids that were her age mm-hmm. just by watching that show and seeing those characters mm-hmm. that's really cool yeah yeah so that was finding Mia was a, a big deal for <laughs> us it really was it seemed silly but well and it wasn't something that you knew to look out for when you got there it's just something that kind of happened yeah so that's very they cool have all these little like magazines Mm-hmm. with characters on them that like we used we used to do it like right. kind of tiger beat right. type thing mm-hmm. but more geared for younger kids barbie magazines mm-hmm. things like that and Interesting. I kept saying it we're like who is this mia and we we found out well that's awesome so <laughs> yeah. being open to you know not knowing what you're going to encounter when you get there but being open to the new stuff and being like oh okay this is something we're going to try and then yeah. having and then that helping molly so much mm-hmm. that's awesome yeah yeah and of course you know we missed creature comforts here sure. but we found these little restaurants mm-hmm. or things that you know mm-hmm. there was this place called blouse band that unfortunately is no longer there so don't look for it okay but um they had a great american breakfast oh, they nice. would do like big pancakes mm-hmm. and eggs and like bacon mm-hmm. like real american American crispy right. bra- bacon, right. not like a slab of ham, call yeah, it bacon, right. um, stuff like that. And they there was this cat that lived there. Mm-hmm. And so we got to know the cat and yeah. uh, Aritz was his name mm-hmm. and got to kind of experience stuff that we missed. Molly loved pancakes. And right. when we got over there, we we're like, where are all where the pancakes? Because the they're all crepes. It's all like right. the thin pancakes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we found good American style breakfast. Okay. That's what I was going to ask <laughs> next is because... Food is such a big deal in Fort Worth. Yes. There's all kinds of awesome food here with barbecue and burgers yes. and tacos. And my my queso. I don't know how you... I mean, how Girl. did you handle that? Girl. <laughs> That's a big deal when you move somewhere else. I cannot tell you how many days I was like, I would kill for a <laughs> cup of queso right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, or a Torchy's taco. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> there were no tacos. No. There were no Mexican food places. Mm-hmm. Well, there's mm-hmm. one, but it was terrible. Mm-hmm. It's called Quepaso. It was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, we went like twice. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> we are like, kept trying. We are like, we're going to like it. And it wasn't very good. Um, but yeah, food is a huge thing mm-hmm. for, especially for us Fort Worthians. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, Joe T's man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it was, that was a real challenge mm-hmm. and I'm a big food person mm-hmm. and we get over there and within like our block alone, there were like three Vietnamese restaurants, two Korean restaurants and uh blouse band, <laughs> this wow. like, weird American yeah. mix. So I really had to, I'm not, didn't before eat a lot of like Asian foods mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. have like Chinese food or whatever, mm-hmm. but man, I love me some bibimbap. 
and I <laughs> miss it. Yes, I adapted. Now I miss it. You yeah. know, it's funny how that works. That but we did. We found, you know, there's this place. If you're going to Berlin, Yam Yam is delicious. Um, and they have a delicious bibimbap. And I would love some of that. But I don't think I would trade it for queso. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest, okay. queso margaritas can take a girl places. That's right. They can. <laughs> <laughs> so did you cook at home then a lot to try I to recreate some of those? We things? did a lot of like, I would make like mashed potatoes and macaroni and cheese mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. lots of comfort foods. Right. I would, you know, do breaded chicken mm-hmm. and try and do a chicken fried steak. Mm-hmm. Luckily, now here's an interesting fact. Chicken fried steak over there is basically oh, schnitzel. schnitzel. Mm-hmm. Um, but when the Germans migrated from Germany into South Texas, mm-hmm. they were trying to make schnitzel. And that's how chicken fried steak got born. Well, thank you, Germany. Yes, right? We have Germany (laughs) to thank for that. So that at least we had like schnitzel when we really wanted some Mm -hmm. kind of fatty, you know, fried foods. Mm -hmm. We could Mm -hmm. fried foods were pretty uh, prevalent over there. Oh, okay. Um, But then, of course, celebrating. I mean, Oktoberfest was such a treat getting to be there for all of that. And we were in such a big city. There were like big fairs set up Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And the Christmas Christmas markets were incredible and beautiful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, while we were over there, there was that horrible Christmas market attack. Right. um, Which was just so sad mm-hmm. and uh, watching the city come together and mm-hmm. do vigils and things like that mm-hmm. was such a treat and mm-hmm. but um yeah i mean we were at that christmas market like a week before the attack happened wow. and i have a picture of molly there like almost right where the truck mm-hmm. went and hit and oh so that was you know <laughs> when you're moving over to a country that's overseas the first thing everyone said was but terrorism you know, you're, I'm so worried for you. Mm-hmm. And it's for mm-hmm. us, it was just kind of one of this, these things is like anything can happen to anyone anywhere. True. And I'm not going to let fear rule my life. Right. And dictate where I can and can't live. Mm-hmm. So that was just kind of one of those moments where we had to be brave again. Right. And just say, you know, that's a risk right. we're willing to take mm-hmm. in order to have this great mm-hmm. opportunity. And then really take advantage of that community after it happens mm-hmm. to like come together. And even though those aren't your people. In that moment, in they that were. Everyone was together. Yeah. yeah. In that yeah. moment, we were Berliners too. Mm-hmm. And that was a real uh, amazing thing to witness mm-hmm. and to be a part of. Yeah. That is so cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So y'all were there for how long? Um, Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And you said you got pregnant with Maeve over there mm-hmm. and then you had her over there. Mm-hmm. And t- I want to get to the idea to, about coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm thinking that we maybe should wait and do that in a next, in another podcast. Because okay. I feel like that that could that be, could a, whole be a whole other episode. <laughs> it sure could. Okay. <laughs> well, I want to say thank you so much, Emily, for your time today. It's been really interesting <laughs> talking to you about your, your trials and tribulations and how you leaned on Tim and you leaned on your family and they leaned on you too because I'm sure it was difficult for your family and friends back here at home for you to be gone. And so thank you for for talking about that that time of transition for you and your family. I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you. Thank you. So thanks everybody for your time today and listening to Emily. I'm sure you've learned a lot from her. She has some awesome stories and awesome ideas about how we can 
use the things that are around us, but also reach inside ourselves and find what we can find in ourselves to help us be resilient and be brave in those new situations. Fort Worth is a comfortable place. We love it. That's why we're here. But it is awesome sometimes to take a step back and go somewhere else and step outside your comfort zone. So I want to say thanks, everyone, for listening. Remember to check me out on Instagram at Panther City Partners and send me um, messages, send me likes. Um, Let me know if there's something specific you'd like to hear about on the podcast. And we'll see you again next week. Remember, life is full of transitions, but you don't have to go it alone. Thanks.